What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the podcast here at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. For those of you guys that are tuning in, I really appreciate all the support that has happened over the last month. I am Rohan Chakravarti, and I am the new site manager here at Bucky's Fifth Quarter, where we are looking to take the site to a different level now with uh, me and some of the new staff members. Uh, I have Matthew Reeves and Marco Martinez, two of the newest staff members, as well as some of the old staff members that have stayed along to help through this journey. I want to say first that I am grateful for the opportunity. The old site manager, obviously, Tyler Hunt, was uh, did a great job, really, with his work, and I'm glad to take the reins from him. As for the podcast, we are going to be doing a little bit of a different way. Uh, we're going to be talking about the same content and all, but because of the recent podcast news at SB Nation with the podcast not necessarily uh, being uh, as, uh, let's, how do we say it? The podcast isn't necessarily going to be in the same way. You're not going to see it on the same uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter page that you saw it before. It's going to be posted to the site. We're going to have the Apple Podcast link and the Spotify link out there, but it's going to be under a different brand because SB Nation is no longer going with the Bucky's Fifth Quarter podcast. But still, I want to bring this content to you. And so we're going to start off and talk about these Wisconsin Badgers. This is the first time that I am talking live about the Badgers in a while since uh, the end season. So, you know, there's been a lot of news since then. Obviously, Luke Fickle's hiring has really uh changed a lot of things and that's I think where I'll start today Luke Fickle the new head coach for the Badgers hired on November 22nd uh 27th of this past year in 2022 and Luke Fickle was a very interesting hiring for the Badgers because he was a guy out of the box obviously not Jim Leonard who myself and we know some other people had been told was going to be the next head coach but instead it's Luke Fickle and he was a guy who had been there behind the scenes, but was not necessarily considered a legitimate candidate up until maybe three weeks before the hiring happened. And so, obviously, the way that the season ended, the Badgers go with the splashy hire. And what has happened since Luke Fickle has entered the Wisconsin program? Well, the Badgers have gotten 13 new transfers, which are all three or four stars with a significant amount of new talent. While not losing many players, the Badgers did lose a couple of players both to the NFL draft and to the transfer pool, but added a significant amount of players and really revitalized that 2023 uh, class that's coming in for freshmen. The Badgers had lost a good amount of those prospects and didn't really have a strong class before uh, the coaching changes. But now that there's a new change, because Fickle brought in some of his guys from Cincinnati and they did a good job in recruiting and 
that landed guys like Tretch Kehuhana, who was not looking like he was going to Wisconsin, initially committed to Arizona, and then flipped a couple of days later to Wisconsin after a conversation with Fickle and his staff. So, overall, while the returns haven't been there because we haven't seen results on the field, the early returns are promising with Luke Fickle because we've seen how he changed the program with the amount of recruits that he's got landed, both uh, as freshmen but also as transfers. I want to outline one thing, though, that Luke Fickle said in a press conference when we were there on, uh, I think, December 12th, just a couple of weeks after his hiring. He said, we are not looking to be a transfer team. We are looking to build just like he did at Cincinnati via the high school uh, kind of area because he wants to really instill this level of culture. And that was something that's personified with the Wisconsin administration, it seemed, because both guys wanted to build, both him and Chris McIntosh wanted to build this culture up. And so that's the difference here with Luke Fickle. I think that that's what is really going to change in that you do want to see more high school recruits coming in in further years. Obviously, when you're starting to build a program, you need the influx of talent. And that's where the transfer portal comes. And that's where you might see the Wisconsin Badgers be a little more competitive but the beginning of Luke Fickle it has clearly changed the the Wisconsin program and a huge part of it hasn't even been something necessarily directly related to Fickle but instead indirectly related to Fickle in terms of one of his hirings and that is the offensive coordinator that Luke Fickle brought in Phil Longo Phil Longo has been uh, a very intriguing hiring for the Badgers. Why? Because when you talk about the Phil Longo system, many refer to it as the air raid system, a system predicated on deep passing and a quarterback-related system. But the Badgers haven't necessarily been a quarterback-related team. Instead, the Badgers have been one of those teams that have been centric or centered around running the football, strong offensive lines due to the weather here and also due to the traditions here at Wisconsin. Instead, in comes Luke Fickle, a guy who has seen extreme success with two quarterbacks in recent years, Drake May, who's going to potentially be a top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft alongside Caleb Williams, as well as Sam Howell, uh, the UNC quarterback that was selected in the fifth round uh, this past draft by the Washington Commanders. You see two different quarterbacks that uh, Phil Longo has developed during his time at North Carolina, and now he comes here. What happens? Boom, an instant change with the Wisconsin Badgers at the quarterback position, a team that had struggled to ta uh, to, to really sig uh, garner any significant talent before. Graham Mertz was the highest rated recruit in history uh, at the quarterback position for the, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Obviously didn't pan out. He transfers to Florida and the Badgers get in not one, not two, not three, but four different uh, quarterbacks this year. Tanner Mordecai from SMU, a graduate transfer who has seen ex uh, extreme success over the past few years, is likely to be the starter right now. Nick Evers, a redshirt freshman from Oklahoma, uh, obviously didn't play last year, but comes in as a four-star recruit, has a ton of untapped potential, and really was the guy that I thought Wisconsin should land in this class with the upside that he has going forward. Uh, those are the two guys, and then you got Braden Locke as well, uh, a four-star recruit from Mississippi State that ended up transferring. He is in the competition as well. And then you also have to add in the four-star quarterback, not in this class, but a high school recruit, 2024 four-star quarterback, Mabry, Mabry Metaur, who joined the program as well. 
He's another guy that the Wisconsin Badgers are adding, and that leads to a significant amount of bodies in the uh, quarterback room for Wisconsin and really talented players as well, which hadn't been the case in years past necessarily. Now you have Chase uh, Wolf, who's still remaining. He's going to here, be here for a sixth year. You've got Tanner Mordecai. Those two are the oldest quarterbacks on the roster. Then you've got guys like Nick Evers, Braden Locke, uh, incoming freshman Cole LaCrue, redshirt freshman Miles Burkett, even walk-on Marshall Howe can be thrown in there, as well as the 2024 class that includes Mabry Metaur. So you've got a good amount of quarterbacks. But the other part of the Phil Longo equation, while he's the quarterback whisperer per se, is the receivers. Wisconsin, like I said, a team predicated on running the football, that's a team with a good amount of running backs, but not necessarily top-end receivers. And they had some youth at the receiver position this year. Skyler Bell, a redshirt freshman, broke onto the scene as the second option for Wisconsin. Keontes Lewis, a transfer from UCLA, he came onto the scene as well as the third option, being a blocking receiver primarily at UCLA, but moving towards that deep threat for the Wisconsin Badgers that really lacked a deep threat. Then you had Tremere DK as well, a guy who operated well out of the slot, and he's the oldest of the bunch. But the big thing, all three of those receivers are returning. Dean Engram is lost for the Badgers. He is going to the transfer portal, but they do return Marcus Allen, who had initially thought he was going to transfer, ended up uh, committing to Minnesota, decommitting though, and remaining with the Badgers. So they've got a good portion of receivers, but the big thing is what happened with the transfer portal. They landed four big-time receivers, Bryson Green from Oklahoma State, the guy with the most experience, and the guy who arguably could lead the 40, uh, sorry, excuse me, I also cover the 49ers, hence that, you're going to probably see a lot of that, but also, he could also lead the Badgers um, in receiving yards this year, would not surprise me with the way that he played at Oklahoma State, a guy who is very good at the couch point, just an all-around solid receiver, a route runner as well, and that's a guy who Wisconsin is going to try to look for deep downfield. You've got C.J. Williams entering, uh, a redshirt freshman uh, from USC who was highly recruited there, highly touted, didn't get many snaps there this year, but a guy who you definitely got to think about when it comes to the long-term future of this team. You also got Quincy Burroughs and Will Pauling out of Cincinnati, two receivers that likely can play an impact and also have the relationship with Coach Fickle over this past year, now having transferred over to the Wisconsin Badgers. So. You see the impact not only with the receiver, or sorry, with the quarterbacks, but also with the receivers. When it comes to the coaching staff over here at Wisconsin, cool to see the change, really, at least the initial returns that Luke Fickle and Phil Longo have brought to the Badgers. That is a huge portion of it. And now we've got to talk about what do you think will happen in 2022? The expectations for this Badgers program, obviously given how they ended last season at a 6-6 six and six record, not a great record overall, but they have some high hopes coming into the 2022 year. So expectations for the Wisconsin football team, to me initially, I think it's to replicate the success they had in 2022. A lot of people might think that this team might be immediately ready to go and they might be hitting the ball rolling uh, from the jump, but you do have to temper the expectations with the amount of moving parts. We saw what happened last year with the offense. The offense really only started clicking later on in the year uh, towards midseason because the Badgers were accustomed to a first-year coordinator under a new offense, with uh, obviously with Bobby Engram there. And Bobby Engram even said, uh, told me himself, during some of the press conferences uh, that we we hosted during the middle of the season, that some of the plays he wasn't going to put out there if 
the team wasn't fully accustomed to it and hadn't run through it in practice and were comfortable with it. And so you might see a more limited playbook or you might see a little more uh, uh, lack of execution because this is a new system that you got to talk about, a completely uh, different change from the way that Bobby Engram ran things over here at Wisconsin last year. On top of that, you've got a lot of new moving parts. The offense will likely uh, uh, see a couple of more different starters. Obviously, at the quarterback position, that's going to be a change. But even along the offensive line, no Joe Chip, uh, Tipman. That likely means that the new starting center is going to be Jake Renfro. How does Jake Renfro uh, navigate the offense with four new starters around him, especially coming off an injury that required him to miss the entire 2022 season? How do the wide receivers mess? Who, uh, how, how are they able to connect with Tanner Mordecai or Nick Evers or whoever the quarterback may be this year? How are they able to develop that relationship? That's another big portion of it. And so I think that there are a lot of different things that you got to remember, especially offensively, but also defensively for a team losing Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig, as well as John Torchio in that secondary to where you've got to realize there are a lot of moving parts and that means guys have to step up, but also it's going to be a learning curve for some new defenses, some new offenses. And so the expectations, I would say, temper them for Wisconsin. Although I do think that a bowl game is certainly in reach for Wisconsin this year. And I think that the year that really you might see the, the, the skyrocket and the turnaround is next season. I believe that's the season before USC and UCLA enter the Big Ten. It's really the last year of competitiveness for Wisconsin before the change. And that's where I think that they could really start to blossom with the way that Luke Fickle has built this program, with the amount of young talent that he's brought in, as well as the amount of veteran talent that helps uh, kind of bolster the young talent to where this entire group can grow with the culture that Fickle is looking to instill at Wisconsin this year. But enough of that talk. We've got to go into the most important position, and that is the quarterback room. The quarterback room obviously deserves a good amount of the talk. I talked about Phil Longo and his impact in bringing in some of these quarterbacks. And now Wisconsin, for the first time in a while, has a quarterback debacle. Who is going to start at quarterback for the Badgers? That is a good question. And that's a question that I think is going to pertain up until spring camp. Why? Because all of these guys, well, the guys who you would anticipate could potentially start, haven't really had much time in a Badgers uniform. Tanner Mordecai hasn't played uh, with the Badgers before, haven't played with Luke Fickle before, obviously, being at SMU uh, before transferring here and transferring from there as well, uh, or sorry, transferring to there as well. But when you talk about who could potentially be the starter, I think you have to go with Tanner Mordecai right now for a variety of reasons. Mordecai is a guy who provides both experience and success at the collegiate level. When we talked about who the Badgers could bring in to be the next quarterback earlier this offseason, they wanted a guy, or it's, it seemed at least that they wanted a guy with more experience and they wanted a, a guy who could really mentor uh, the younger guys, or at least pave the way so that the younger guys could be uh, uh, successful moving forward. And when you talk about Tanner Mordecai, he's had two straight years where he's completed over 65% of his passes and thrown for over 3,500 yards in those games. He throws the ball very well and throws the ball deep. He averaged eight yards per attempt in both seasons while throwing for over 33 touchdowns in both seasons, had 39 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, Two years ago, and then last year, he had 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's a guy who is not afraid to throw the football, and it seems like will be a seamless fit with Phil Longo and his desire to push the ball downfield. Mordecai, 
a great addition for the Badgers, a guy who I didn't necessarily know would become free uh, on the transfer portal, but did and immediately transferred to Wisconsin. That was the destination he wanted to go, and that's where he ends up. Good to add for the Badgers, but you can't rule out some of the other guys. I know a lot of people might not like it, but you did see Chase Wolf in this final game. I'd assume that Chase Wolf could have a step up because of how uh because he's a leader in the locker room right now. He's a guy who's who's there. And I don't think Chase Wolf ends up being the starter on day one. I don't even know if Chase Wolf ends up being the backup on day one with the amount of talent the Badgers have in the room. But he's the guy with the most experience with this locker room. He's a leader in the room. Would not be surprised to see if he might get an early edge over some of the other guys when string spring camp at least starts. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But let's talk about some of the intriguing options here. In Nick Evers, Miles Burkett, and some of those guys. Because when we talk about Nick Evers... The guy who I was the most excited about uh, of this class. Evers is a guy who possesses otherworldly talent in terms of upside. He's a guy who really could be a, a frontline starter for the Badgers for years if he reaches that upside. Now that upside is upside, but he's got a strong arm and he's really uh, fit for an offense that's able to throw the football. And more, more so, while he might be seeming as a pro-style quarterback, he has some stinky mobility to him as well, and that's going to be important because both 
the old coaching staff with Jim Leonard and the new coaching staff with Luke Fickle and Phil Longo have stressed how, while it's not necessarily necessary, it's also an important part for the Badgers and having a quarterback that can really unload the remainder of their offense by having that mobility, having the ability to extend plays, maybe even run the football a little bit as well. That could be valuable for sure. And so I think that Nick Evers has potential. Now, what's that gap between where he is currently and that potential? That's what the Badgers will have to see. And that is where we might have some issues uh, early on. And it's a new offense for him as well. New offense, completely new team. You've got to understand that. Miles Burkett, on the other hand, has been around some of these guys and has the year of experience. Now, was it not necessarily disappointing, but unfortunate to see him not play in that bowl game? Yeah, I thought Miles Burkett could have potentially played, especially with him uh, having a good amount of the snaps, it seemed, uh, heading up to that bowl game, but no Burkett at all in that game. It was all Chase Wolf. And so the Badgers haven't seen Miles Burkett really play in extended action, but he has the year of experience with the guys already here, and that could play to his favor over some of the other younger guys like Evers and Braden Locke. But as we move forward with the Wisconsin football team, what am I looking forward to in spring ball? I think in spring ball, the number one thing I've got to see is how does this team mesh initially? How do they respond? Because we've seen that, Fickle and his coaching staff, it seems like they've been working. Fickle has brought in a certain amount of guys in his coaching staff that he has familiarity with, as well as who he's had success with in the past. Mike Tressel, obviously, his co-defensive coordinator, was the co-defensive coordinator last year uh, alongside Colin Hitchler. Both guys, his top two assistants on the defensive side, are coming along with him. Fickle, obviously, defensive-oriented as well. But he brought along his... Uh, another top assistant in Mike Brown, who's going to be the wide receivers coach here, and Gino uh, Gooey Dugley, if that's how you say his name, as well as Phil Longo. So uh, a staff really where he's well-connected, but also a staff that he has familiarity with. And so it's a good it's a good sign. And that's why I want to see how does what, what clicks really early on in spring ball. How early do the Badgers get the ball rolling when you see the practices? That's the main thing I want to see. Obviously, the quarterback position is a very much intrigue to me. What's the rotation? How do the how do uh, how are the splits going to look and all that kind of stuff? But that's kind of my main thing going into spring ball. Now, enough of the football talk. Football talk is football talk. It's always going to be fun. But we got to talk some Wisconsin basketball as well. Obviously, the reason I wanted to have this show now, Wisconsin's playing in just a little bit. The Badgers play at 6 p.m tonight facing off against Maryland this one's at the road before I continue with my segment here I do want to say Max Klesman is out for the game with that upper body injury we saw him uh, take a shot to the face a couple of games ago hasn't returned since seemed like it required stitches and it I believe he is still in Madison so the next game that we could see him is when the Badgers return home against the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini this weekend on Saturday for an afternoon game. But we've got to talk about the Badgers and the beginning of the season. Did the beginning of the season surprise me? Me personally, not necessarily. I know a lot of Badgers fans thought that this team might see a significant decline from the, the team before, but I actually liked the composition of this Badgers team, led by a young guard who seemed like he was improving in Chucky Hepburn, as well as a more complimentary team. I didn't necessarily like as much the team that was 
so oriented on one player in Johnny Davis. When you have more complementary basketball, it seems like that's the way guard wants to play anymore. Greg guard, that is. And that could lead to better success both offensively and defensively when it's more of a team game, when you're more relying on each other. And I thought the Badgers had some requisite pieces. Connor Sejan obviously shined early on in the offseason. You've got, though, guys like Max Klesman, who averaged 14 points and was an efficient shooter uh, at Wofford before coming here, as well as the rising pieces in Chucky Hepburn and then the Tyler Walls and the Stephen Krause who were returning. It was obvious this team was going to roll through their bigs, try and create the offense through their bigs. While, but it was interesting because their bigs, that's where the offense was being created, but that's also where they had the least depth. They were a guard-centric team operating through their bigs. But the beginning of the season didn't surprise me as much as many. Did it surprise me a little? Yeah, to see the amount of success, especially in the 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 uh, the, the very close games that you saw. But the Badgers have seen a recent slide recently. And that's something that we got to talk about because that has been uh, a, a real, real concern recently because the Badgers going from one of the top teams in the Big Ten. At one point, I think they were the second ranked team in the Big Ten behind the Purdue Boilermakers in the AP Top 25, ranked as high as number 14. But the Badgers, like some of the other Big Ten teams, have recently slid. Why is that? we got to talk about the offense first. Offense it seems like it's just becoming a little too uh, one-man-centric or two-man-centric again. And I'm not saying that the Badgers should have five or six scores that score seven or more points. That's not what I'm saying. It's totally fine for them to have those top four scores really score a majority of the team's points, but you need more ball movement. It seems like the Badgers aren't moving the ball uh, around, especially in key situations. Chucky Hepburn taking a couple of those hero shots that we've seen him take throughout the season has hurt the Badgers recently, especially in this past game against Northwestern, where he he got the ball uh, a lot at the end of the game. Something I've seen when... The Badgers have a, a rolling big man, especially when it's Steven Crowell. They don't tend to go to him at the end of the game. That's something that they need to continue. When something's working, you don't shy away from it. That's something that I've seen from the Badgers that needs to improve, especially when you've got that big game going. The Badgers need to prioritize those bigs at times because of how scarce they have uh, they are on the depth. So that when you see when you have them on the court, utilize them to their capacity, especially when Steven Crowell's there. But recently as well, one statistic that's important. Badgers have lost six of their last seven games when a starter is on the, off the floor. The Badgers have not played with Tyler Wall for some games. The Badgers have not played with Max Klesman for some games. That's resulted in a huge slide for the Badgers as of late because they're relying on uh, their depth, which is already shaky at best. And so when you're missing one of those top guys, that's also a big reason for this slide, whereas other teams are playing at full strength and are really strong teams as well. It's not necessarily been blowouts. It's been close games as well, right? We saw a three-point game here. I know Illinois was a 10-point game, but the Michigan State was, uh, game was close. Indiana was a bad game overall, but you've seen some close games with the losses as well. The Badgers aren't able to win, and I think that that's another thing. The unrealistic expectations from the beginning of the season was that the Badgers were going to be able to win every single close game. Normally, you're going to regress to the mean, and that's what the Badgers have done. They've won, they've gone four and four in those super, super close games uh, and lost a couple as of late. 
you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. That's just the uh, that's just generally how those close games work. It's not like you're going to win every single one score game. In a football relationship, I know Wisconsin fans are going to love this. You saw the Minnesota Vikings this year win a significant amount of close games, but then ended up with a negative turn, uh, point differential and ended up getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs uh, by a good margin. So that's just one example. But in general, the close games, you do regress to the mean at the end of the day. And I think that those are a couple of reasons why the Badgers have slid. Defensively, they've done solid all season, but they do have to uh, work on a couple of things. And the last thing is free throws. They got to do better on free throws. Free throws wise, they're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, shooting only 66%. And it's not even the bench players, it's the stars that are missing a lot of free throws. Hepburn, Wall, Crowley, even at times. And uh, I mean, overall, it wasn't a great game this past game. They went 9 to 16 from the line together. Not a great performance overall at the free throw line from their stars. You need a better performance there as well. If the Badgers want to see sustained success offensively because it's one thing to get to the line. The Badgers haven't done that too much this year, but when they get to the line, they need to hit the free throws. And that's a place where they're just leaving open points on the board. When you lose that free throw differential by a good amount, especially in the close games, they tend to hurt you a lot more. So a couple of reasons why the Badgers have slid. Obviously, that can all change tonight when they face off against Maryland. At Maryland, they defeated the Terrapins 63-60 to earlier in the year. That could be uh, another close game this uh, this year. Or, sorry, this uh, this game here tonight. And the Badgers are going to have to they're going to have to shore up a couple of things again without a starter, which is significant. Max Klesman's out, which means Jordan Davis in the starting lineup. But they got to figure out a way to right the ship, and they've got a good coach to do it. Obviously, in Greg Gard, and they've got a solid roster. Connor Seijian, obviously, getting a couple of more minutes after uh, entering the starting lineup, continues to be fairly effective. Aside from last game, but. With kind of a quarter to a half of the season kind of gone, with March Madness coming up in pretty much a month, we got to talk about what is the biggest surprise and disappointment of the season for the Badgers so far, because the Badgers, I mean, we've seen the ups and we've seen the downs. And right now, I've got to talk about the up first, then we go to the down. Let's stay a little bit on the positive side. But biggest surprise of the season, I think we've got to still go with Connor Asijin. And what do I mean by that? Well, people knew he was going to be good, especially with the way that he, he played. But did people expect him to get this amount of minutes and play a significant amount in Greg Gard's system early on? That was questioned, especially because Gard values that defense a lot. And he talked about the defense early on in the season, but he also said how he couldn't not play Connor Asijin because of how valuable he is to the team with that offense and the skill set that really isn't replicated by anybody else on the team with the sharpshooting skills. Connor Asijin, though, has really taken the Big Ten by storm. I know there are a lot of other good freshmen that have as well. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer uh, for Purdue, Jet Howard as well. But Connor Asijin, a three-star guy, has really done well for Wisconsin this year, shooting the ball extremely efficiently from the three-point range, and even fine from two-pointers as well. Asijin, a guy who has really taken in the role and was a number one scorer at times for in the second half for the Badgers early in the season when they were in those close game battles. He's a guy who has been consistent for the majority of the year. That's a guy who the Badgers continue to roll on. 
I think the Badgers need to utilize them more, either create more plays, but also execute the plays that they were creating because Card has created plays. They just haven't been executed uh, well enough. The passes, the entry-level passes on his cuts or whatever it may be, haven't been executed well enough. you got to get a siege in the ball more, be it on those cuts where he is a really good cutter. He knows how to cut without uh, without having the ball in his hands. That's a good skill for him as a freshman. But also the three-point looks, got to get a couple of more of those for Connor Resigian. That's something that you do want to see happen. But as for the biggest disappointment of the year, we've got to talk about that as well. And I think it's a it's a mixture of things. And I when when I talk about the biggest disappointment, I don't want to sound too negative because obviously, even if there is a disappointment, there's still a good amount of optimism with it. But I do have to talk about Chucky Hepburn's late game decision making. At the beginning of the season, you did think that Chucky Hepburn and his late game decision making was not going to be too big of an issue. And I don't think it's an issue, or I don't think it's as big of an issue as fans are portraying right now. But the issue is that he hasn't necessarily improved on that late game decision making yet. It's tough because obviously he's tasked with being that guy, being the uh, the guy who's responsible for filling up some of that void of Johnny Davis. But the Badgers need to realize this is a complimentary team. They can't necessarily rely on just one at the end of the game, even if that's how those late game situations are dictated. Hepper needs to follow the game script and needs to execute the offense rather than trying to create the best shot for himself and sometimes uh, taking heavily contested shots that don't end up falling and allow other teams to either creep back or can maintain their leads at the end of the game. That's the thing I do want to see improve over the second half of the season, but I do have confidence that Hepburn can do it because we've seen how he plays when the offense is run through the bigs and when the offense is really moving the ball around. Hepburn gets good shots created for him, and that's a big thing. But overall, guys, this is going to be a fun first episode of this uh, new show for me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do uh, inquire you guys to subscribe to the channel. Be sure to like the video because more is going to be coming, and for those of you guys, excited about the Bucky's fifth quarter podcast. This is the new destination for it. Uh, it's going to be an Apple podcast as well. I'm going to put an article out so that all of you guys can see it, but I appreciate you guys and we'll see you guys next time. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.